You know, hail King Jesus means to invite him in. Means to say, come, come into my life, Jesus. Come into my life, come into my homes, come into my family, come into my heart. It means to, to hail him as king over our lives. So this morning, Father God, we say, come, Jesus. Come and be with us, Father God. Oh, we want to commune with you, Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be with you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. You're the only one we pray. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. Yes, oh God, we worship you, Jesus. We invite you into the space, Jesus. We invite you into our hearts today, Jesus. Oh, let the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on me now. I need your anointing, come in your power. I love you, Holy Spirit, you're captivating my soul.
yes Lord thank you Jesus Father God your, your anointing will change our lives it's only in your anointing that can change our lives. It's only in your anointing that you can make us more like you, Jesus. It's only in your anointing that you have, we have the strength to follow you. We have the strength to pray. We have the strength to fast. We have the strength to draw close to you. It's only in your anointing, Father God. Father God, we pray, Father God, that you give us a fresh anointing this morning. A fresh anointing, Father God. We don't want an anointing of 20 years ago. We want an anointing that's fresh, fresh from the vine, crushed into grape juice, Father God, that flows from the throne of heaven. We want an anointing that would please you, an anointing that flows. Thank you, Jesus. We're hungry for you. We want it, Father God. We're reaching for your heart. We're reaching for your heart. Show us your heart. Show us your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. And I'm reaching for your heart. You hold my life in your hands, drawing me closer to you. I feel your power renewed. Nothing compares to this place where I can see you face to face. I worship you. Spirit and in truth. Let's spend a, just one minute before Him to just worship Him, give Him His worth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for communing with us. Thank you for abiding in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Father God, I pray that every heart here is hungry for you. Every heart here yearns for you. Every heart here yields to you, Father God. So I thank you, Jesus, for today. We we bless your name, Father God. We lift up your name. We crown you King, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome to stay. You're welcome to speak to us. We thank you, God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I really love that song. Sorry, thank you. Thank you very much. I was, I was going to continue, but I got to go. Later on, we'll sing this song again. Is that okay? Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's so good to be back. Thank you so much, worship team. That was a wonderful worship. It gets better every service, um, uh, worshiping in, in the presence of God. So I'm so glad to be back home. You know, a lot of us here uh, have been in Sarawak for the last five days. It's good to be back in SIBKL. There's uh, no church like SIBKL. There's no church like home. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see all of you here. You know, um, next week really is uh, Malaysia Day weekend, and I think God is doing something special because, you know, um, really in no, no strategic planning last year could we have planned that the Malam Pentecostal and the Pastors Conference was last week, and then the Revival Wave, the BM Conference, is this 
uh, wait, no, hold on. Next weekend, yeah, Malaysia Day weekend, no way could we plan it. And then the, 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 the Miri revival uh, anniversary is in October because I really think God is doing something special. And I really hope as I recall, we catch the heart of God in this season because if God is pouring out His heart and is pouring out His anointing in Sarawak in the last one week, I'm very sure uh, next week as we have our conference here, the BM conference here, God is going to pour His anointing here as well among the peoples here. And I really don't want SIBKL to miss it. I really don't want us to miss it, you know, as I was in uh, Kuching, as I have the privilege to be at the conference and at the uh, Malam Pentecosta, one of my prayers, and it's been my prayer for this whole year, is that Father God, when your revival comes to Malaysia, please, I don't want to miss it. Don't miss us out. Do not pass us by. I don't want to miss uh, uh, what you want to do in, in Malaysia. I don't want to miss what you want to do in my life. And I pray that is your prayer as well, that I don't chase revival. I'm not a revival chaser. I'm a Jesus lover, Jesus chaser. But it's always on my heart that God, if your revival comes, when your revival comes to Malaysia, please don't pass me by. Please don't pass us by. How many of us, we, we believe in that? We want to pray that prayer. Father God, when your revival comes, do not pass us by. Amen. So last week, as we have the Prostas Conference, you know, SIBKL, we, we, this is a joint collaboration with GMS, with Blessed Church, with BEM Sarawak, with FGB, with IRM. So this is a collaboration with so many different Christian bodies. And it's so good to see, you know, just so many Christian organizations coming together as one just to worship Jesus and encounter Jesus. But just in case you, you, you didn't know what happened last week is on on the mornings of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we've got our pastor's conference. Now, this pastor's conference is very specific, very special to the pastors, the native pastors, the BM pastors of Sarawak and of Sabah. Um, and uh, um, so there was 1,000 of them that came um, to Kuching in order to be refreshed, in order to be re-inspired, uh, in order to have be re-anointed by God, to go back to the villages, to bring that fire of God back to the churches in their kampongs and in their longhouses and in and I'm going to show you some pictures because I don't want you to miss it. So this is just a snippet of what, what happened. Um, um, it's exciting. Um, do we have the first? Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's, it's, it's suspense. Um, it's just like uh, uh, movies in COVID. It gets, uh, there we go. Uh, it gets, uh, so this is the Urapan Baru Conference. There's 1,000 pastors that came. Uh, 1,000 native pastors. You know, um, in the heart of hearts, if we, if we ever dare to even think in our hearts that Sarawak native pastors are, are, are fizzling out, they're not strong, the Sabah pastors are not strong, that's not true. Because if 1,000 pastors came to the conference and, and leaders and they were inspired and they worshipped together and it's really refreshing to see so many of them. So here is, uh, we're holding hands in the next picture. Um, here it is where we were bowing down. There was the altar call and we were just refreshing ourselves and say, God, do something afresh. Do something new in us, um, in this church. And another picture that I like is that we're all just raising up our hands um, to say, God, do something new in us. And, it, you know, it's really the cry of our hearts. And it should be the cry of all our hearts to always say, God, do something new in me. I don't want an old anointing from you. I always want something fresh, something new. You don't want something stale. You want something fresh and you want something new. So, I, I, you know, it's my prayer. As I was in the conference um, one of the nights, you know, as I was praying and it really dawned upon my heart and it really, God really impressed upon my heart. And this is, this is my prayer for 
Sarawak Sabah, this is also my prayer for SIBKL. And as I was praying, I said, Father God, do not let this whole event, this conference, this whole uh, revival rally to come and go. Don't let this be a touch and go. Don't let this be a one minute I'm here, I encounter God in the service, and then I go out of the presence of God, and I, I'm never changed. I'm the same again. And it's my prayer for SIBKL as well. That when you come to church, don't let it just be, I come to church. But then when you go back home, everything is the same. You know, you turn your back upon God and everything's the same. That is not a fresh anointing. And that's my prayer for Sarawak, that they're just going to be so fired up and the churches will be so fired up um, for God that they will never be the same again. You know, in the, in the conference in the morning, but of course, we also have something very exciting uh, for the night. Um, this, is, this is one of the pictures. Do we have a previous picture? There we go. This is one of the pictures that I took um, in the morning um, um, because I wanted to capture a picture of the Padang where it was absolutely empty and there was nobody in the Padang and nobody was there yet. And as we were there very early on a Wednesday morning and as we prayed I, and, and we said, God, we invite you here. So a few of us came um, and there was a, a few of us that came in the morning to just pray to say, God, do something new. You know, Spirit, touch your church. Stir the hearts of men. Let your rain fall upon me, right? Um, so as we prayed and as we sing and as we worshipped, um, it was so good. Um, so don't ever think that our worship in SIBKL is of nothing. When we worship, say, let your rain fall upon me. Your rain really fell <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Um, we're, uh, we're too holy, you know. We fast too much, pray too much. Uh, God answered our prayers, but all jokes aside, all jokes aside, um, it really poured. So as we prayed in the morning, then we saw storm clouds, and we were still praying. And I, it never occurred to me, I was still singing the songs, you know, God, you know, let your fire fall, let your rain fall. And true enough, at 6 o'clock, it fell and the rain poured. But the stadium was already half full. By then, it was 4 o'clock, people were coming in um, to the stadiums. They were sitting down. Uh, we were singing songs, and the rain started to fall. And um, last MP19, I had the privilege of being one of them. So I, I had to be one of them. So I went right in the middle of the field. I stood there to worship together with my fellow Sarawakians and to receive the anointing. But this time as I go, um, I had the privilege to host um, all the guest pastors. So I was backstage. And as I was backstage, I was talking to some of the pastors and we were asking ourselves, wow, it's raining so heavily. What will happen, because the event will start in an hour and a half time, what will happen, right? Um, will the people go? Will the people stay? Will more people come? We're, we're not too sure what's going to happen. And as I was talking to some of the GMS pastors, because uh, we collaborated with them, and I hope I'm not saying it wrong in Bahasa, but um, they have this one saying in all the rallies that they do, and I picked it up, that says, Hujan datang, atau hujan tak datang, rally will continue. Kami... Bu kami Kami, kami tidak mundur, kami majulah saja. So, I, do you know what it means, right? Yeah, I hope I'm saying that right. We will never surrender. Um, we will never retreat. We will always advance the kingdom of God, whether it rains, whether it not. Uh, it doesn't rain. Um, this will happen. So, I was so encouraged by them that they, they say. And then we peeked out. And we saw people didn't leave. The people stayed through the rain. Right? People stay through the rain and, and, and to our amazement and to our encouragement, more people come. So I'm just going to show uh, more pictures and I just want to thank you so much to the Multimedia Ministry for taking all these pictures in the rain. And rain comes, shine, come, 
rain, no rain. They're taking pictures. So these are some of the pictures that they put together for me. So thank you so much. Um, so yeah, I was so encouraged. You know what it really uh, speaks to, to me, and I really hope it speaks to you, is that, you know, when you're really hungry for God, when you're really, really hungry for God, like for example, if you're really hungry for wonton mee, you know, we would drive, right? We would drive wherever to go, no matter how jammed, we would find that wonton mee, right? So it's the same for God. You know, when I saw the people, the, the, the hunger that they have for God was so great that come rain, come shine, they will still be there to encounter Jesus. And they are all so blessed because at the end of the day, I am not native myself, even though I would have loved to be native, but um, I identify as a native. Uh, so I'm Sarawakian by blood and I was looking at their faces and I was so encouraged. I, I, I keep saying, God, stop the tears from flowing because the GMS pastors think uh, this crazy Sarawakian pastor keep crying backstage. What is wrong with him? Uh, but that's just the truth. But I couldn't help myself and we were so, it was, God is good. God is good. The stadium was filled um, to the brim night by night. And I really love this picture because it really showed that people come and people are just hungry for God. And when the altar call came, I really like this picture as well. People just thronged to the front. People just, it, they really didn't care whether it was muddy, not muddy, whether it was grass or not grass, no wood, no wood. They just thronged to the front. And I was, you know, I saw a few people because I was literally right face to face with them holding the fence. Uh, that's my position. Um, and um, I saw a lot of them that I was in shoes with shoe cover. A lot of them were barefooted. Um, because it was rainy, it was muddy, and I heard that a lot of them lost their slippers or lost their shoe in the mud. So a lot of them were there barefooted. Some of them were just socks. One have socks, one no socks, because I think they lost it in the mud. Some one shoe, no shoe. But it, it doesn't matter to them anymore. The hunger for God was there. And, you know, that's my heart cry for SIBKL as well. <laughs> that we're hungry for God. Traffic jam, no jam. The lift slow, no slow. We're hungry for God, right? You know. So you know, after this, I was I was just praying, God. You know, what? Bring a word for me to, to back to uh, SIBKL. And one of it really is, you know, when you see the hunger of God, Isaac, God said, you see the hunger of God for the people. Rain or come shine, mud or no mud, they're here to encounter me. And it says, tell my people, in SIBKL, lift slow, no slow. Traffic long, no long. You're here for, to encounter God. We're here hungry for God. Amen? So let's, let's, let's never complain about the lift. God gave us this building. God has anointed this building. God anointed the traffic. It is what it is. It's the hunger of God that will always determine our encounter, not the traffic or how slow the lift is. Amen? Amen. I only want to show you this picture because this picture encapsulates how many people was there at Malam Pentecostal. Give God a hand. Woo! The Mac team flew a drone. Thank God for drones. We get drone pictures. Um, so this is a beautiful shot. And um, somebody was asking me, somebody asked me just before the event, how, Pastor, how many do you think will come? Because this event um, is not done in a school holiday. It was not done in a public holiday. It was not done on any work holiday. How many do you think will come um, when there is no holiday? And, I, and the person said, I, I think 5,000. And I looked and I said, no, 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 no. I think minimum we will get 15. We will hit 20, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure if we'll hit 25. But I'm very sure we will hit at least 20,000. And you want to guess how many people were there that night? 30,000? You're probably right. 32,000 on second night. It's the largest rally that we've had. And I want to encourage you, it's the largest rally GMS also have. 
Alright, so even though GMS have having, had rallies for 15 years, they said this Sarawak rally is the biggest that they have ever. Um, so this broke records. So night one, 20,000 plus. Night two, 30,000 plus. And this really shows that even though there's no school holidays, no work holidays, no public holidays, people are hungry. People are hungry. Hungry for Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage all of us here. It doesn't matter how stressful our life is. It doesn't matter how busy our life is. If you're hungry for God, nothing will stop you from coming into the presence of God. Amen? Nothing at all. So this is so encouraging. So I want to say that this rally, that why we do it, sometimes people ask, actually, why are we doing it? Why do we pour manpower, working hours? Why do we pour money into all this? And I want to just remind all of us that SIBKL, this is our DNA. This is who we are and we will never stop. This is who we are and this is why you are in SIBKL. That we, one of our strongest pillars is SSS, Sabah, Sarawak, and Semenanjung. That is our pillars of this church. And so our prayers will always go into Sabah, Sarawak. Our manpowers and our efforts will always go into Sabah, Sarawak, Semenanjung. And just in case you didn't know, a portion of your tithe will always go into blessing the native church back in East Malaysia. So this is who we are. We are S-I-B-K-L. Amen? So this is where we will never stop doing this as long God calls. We will always be going into East Malaysia to do rallies and to fire the people up. You know, I just want to say, um, especially to uh, uh, SIBKL, uh, um, thank you very much for, I'm sure most of you were praying for us. Amen? Were you? Yes? Yes. If you were not praying, you also nod your head. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure you were praying. I'm sure you supported us. I'm sure you tuned in online. I'm sure most of your cell groups were there. So I know that this, even though you were not at Kuching, and of course, not everybody can go. It's expensive. It's not a holiday. I totally understand. But on behalf of the leadership of the church, the pastoral leadership, the eldership, the councilship, I just want to say thank you so much, SIBKL, for this. You have impacted East Malaysia. Never forget that. You are in this church to impact East Malaysia and I want to say you have impacted, you have made your mark in East Malaysia. It may not be a physical mark, but a spiritual mark is more important. Amen? So thank you very much, SIBKL. You know, there were volunteers that come from our church as well. We had volunteers that went to um, East Malaysia as well and I just want to show you a picture. I found this picture. I took this. No, no, I didn't take this picture. Somebody took this picture. I picked this picture because this picture did not show the face of the volunteer. I didn't want to show the face because this, I could not show the face of all the volunteers, but this volunteer represents every volunteer that helped out in the rally. And this is, and this is it. This is the picture. The, the, the man in white is our volunteer and he's helping um, um, the elderly. He's helping people walk through the mud. So as you know, rain plus soil equals mud. All right, so just in case you didn't know, now you know, all right? So it was mud and it was pouring so heavily. So it's not only just mud, it's mud plus waters, mud plus, I don't know, it was a midi flood out there. So he was really helping uh, uh, um, the, the people cross. And just in case you cannot see uh, that mud is mud, all right? There we go, mud is mud. All right, just, just zoom in a little bit, all right? That's my, my ability, my best ability to zoom in. But it was really muddy out there. It was very slippery and it was a puddle. Some places was very deep. Some places was very shallow. And you, of course, you cannot tell when it's mud. And I just want to thank the volunteers because, you know, sometimes helping one elderly person or even a young person cross a puddle of mud is easy. 
One-to-one -one is easy. When you want to help 100, it's easy. When you want to help 500, it gets a bit more difficult, but it's still doable. But I want to commend the volunteers because they were there, some are there from the morning till night, some are there from 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night, and they slaved, slaved. <laughs> I picked that up from Philip and Tofa because Pastor Philip, he always said, hamba, hamba, tuhan. So I said, what is hamba? Slave. So I said, okay, fine. Instead of saying servant, we're now slaves of God, which is fine, right? Um, and all the servants and the volunteers, um, they were there for hours helping. And if you have to help 30,000 people and usher them one by one, it's really a commendation to you that you served. They had to come early to put out the chairs, to lay down the planks so that not the whole padang is, is full of money. They laid the planks, they put out the chairs, they had to usher people in, they had to uh, 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 pray for them, they had to be at the altar call, they had to hold the cameras, whatever it may be, but I really want to thank uh, the volunteers. So if I can just ask, because I know some of you are here, if you went to Kuching and you volunteered, can I just, no shame, can you just stand to your feet? We want to honor you today. Stand to your feet. Don't be shy. Come on, stand to your feet. This is your thank you today. Thank you very much. On the balcony as well, I see you. Thank you very much. SIBKL, thank you. East Malaysia thanks you as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. You may take your seats. There were 800 people from SIBKL that went to serve. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. And you know what's amazing uh, for the volunteers? We went knowing that we were not going to receive a thank you. There's no thank you dinners, just in case you didn't know. There are no thank you dinners that SIBKL hosted for the volunteers. No thank you dinners. There are no personal handshake by the Agong or the, uh, the, the CM or the, the uh, SP. There's no nothing special because I truly believe and I'm so touched by the volunteers because they went to serve the people and the only thanks that God is Jesus Christ. There's the, the Lord God Almighty thanks you and that's all you need to have. The thanks from your Lord and your Savior is good enough. But today, just one minute, SIBKL thanks you as well. Amen? Um, so, oh, I forgot to switch the slide. There we go. I was a little late. There we go. The slide has come up. There we go. To thank the volunteers. So these are all the volunteers. Some of them were in the rain and uh, we were worried like how you guys are in the rain. But actually, I found out everybody enjoyed being in the rain. Uh, so good thing, good thing. Yes, a good thing. Welcome to the Kuching rain, the Sarawak rain that rains upon you. Hallelujah. So that's what the volunteers. You know, I was really touched by a particular volunteer. I'm going to close now because I really want to uh, do my sermon. Um, I'm going to close by saying I was touched by a youth, a youth volunteer. I, I, I know who she is and I know her father. Um, she was standing with her. Everywhere I go, I see this girl. She's like Supergirl. Like I go to the backstage, I see her there with the camera ready to take uh, uh, social media. I, I, I go to the grandstand, I see her there. I go to the car park, I see her there. All right, and I had, there's the auto call where throngs of people come. I also see her in the middle of the auto call. I'm like, wow, you are omnipresent, young lady. Uh, <laughs> You're everywhere, but it's so good because she was holding a, a camera with a camera stick. She's trying to capture everybody at the altar call. Um, and she was crying as well because the Spirit of God was so strong. She was crying as well, but she was holding the camera stick, trying to take uh, uh, whatever that was happening. But just, just in case you, you want to see all the footages that she has took, because all the multimedia team and all the Mac ministry and all the youth have put, poured in so much energy, you need to see all their footages. So just in case you have not, Please follow us on Instagram 
at SIBKL Church so that you can honor all the work of our volunteers and you can see everything that's happening live. So we're going to Revival Wave next week. You will see all the things live on our, our SIBKL Church. Follow us there. Then in uh, three weeks' time, we're going to Miri. Follow us there um, um, so that you don't miss a thing if you're here. Um, one last thing. I want to show you a video of Malam Pentecostal. Then I want to preach on the Word of God. Okay? Here we go. a short video. Everything Mac will produce in such a short time. Um, but there will be another video that Mac is going to produce, a longer one for Malam Costa. You know, as I was sitting backstage in the first night, I, I prayed this, I, I, my prayer, so I can, I can review some of my prayers to the whole church. One of my prayers to God since three years ago is that God, I've, I've always wanted to pray a full prayer in Bahasa Malaysia. Uh, uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I'm not that good, to be honest, because all the Christian jargons, I have to translate in my head while I'm praying. So I pray twice. I pray in English, and then I translate it to BM. And then by the time I've translated it, uh, five minutes have passed. Uh, so I'm learning. But uh, I, uh, one breakthrough, my personal breakthrough in MP23 is that I was praying for them, and I says, Ya Allah Tuhan, ini kamilah anak-anakmu. Jurahkan kuasamu. And that's all I could say. But um, as I was seeing the natives, I said, God, these are my people. Um, I'm from Sarawak, just in case you didn't know. These are my people, and you love them because I know you broke my heart for what breaks yours. And every time I pray for them, I feel the heart and the love of God over the people. So I said, Father God, pour out your love and pour out your glory upon your people because your people are hungry for you. So I saw one guy, uh, sorry, I'm, I can't tell you all the stories, but I, I need to preach. But uh, there's this one guy, very young guy. Um, I think he's, he's younger than me. He was a very big guy, and I saw him at the altar call. He was rushing forward. And because I was kind of guy holding the pants, I was like, dude, stop. All right, because you're really huge. Um, but he came forward. He managed to stop, hallelujah, right at the gate. And he was crying. He was just crying and crying. He says, God... If you can touch a, a, a male, a big-sized guy who's probably, look, he's, I don't know what he does for a living, but, you know, um, he's a big guy. And then you touch him and he was, the whole time he was just crying and crying and crying. I says, Father God, touch your people, touch your church. And it is my prayer that God, you touch SIBKL as well. That, Father God, there is no shame in crying in the presence of God. Amen. There's no shame in lifting up our hands in the presence of God. Amen? That you touch SIBKL as well because, Father God, do not miss us in your revival. I want to preach now because I have no more time. Um, 
I really have no more time, but give me 20 more minutes and I want to do a short prayer and worship. I just want to preach 20 minutes. And I keep saying, God, bring a word of God to, uh, uh, through me to SIBKL. And out of all the things that, I've, all the passages that I've been reading, um, I landed on the simplest one because I know everybody knows this passage, but I want to explain it a little bit deeper so that we understand the context of this passage a little bit more, and I draw my passage from Psalms 23. So I know we know Psalms 23. We can go? Okay, there we go. And I know we know Psalms 23. I memorized this when I was a young Christian. This is the second Psalm that I memorized, and I memorized all my Psalms in King James Version until I realized there is a, a simpler version, NIV. But I was a young Christian, so I thought KJV is the only thing. Uh, now I know that's NIV, but I memorized it, and I just want to explain this a little bit about fresh anointing today. And I really want us all to catch a fresh anointing from God. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters, He refreshes my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anointed my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. You prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Amen. I want us to draw, I want to draw our attention to verse 5. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Have you ever asked yourself what does that mean? And why did God put specifically verse 5 in the middle of Psalms 23? What does it mean when we say, God, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflow? Because nothing in the whole Psalms talk about anointing. This is not an anointing psalm. This is not a psalm of power and, and, and praise and charge and winning battles. This is not that kind of psalm. This is a psalm of a journey, of discipleship journey, where we are the sheep, we are the sheep, he's the shepherd, and we're walking. This is a psalm of a journey. You leadeth me beside still waters, you leadeth me in paths of righteousness, you leadeth me beside uh, green pastures, you lead me, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death. So just so you know, if you love Psalms 23, when you pray Psalms 23 and you talk Psalms 23, you're going to need to know that you may walk. God may be leading you through the valley, not of death, but of the shadow of death. What does it mean and what does anoint my head mean? You see, back in those days, in biblical times, when you are a guest in the house of the host, the host will always bless you with a gesture. What is that gesture? It is the gesture of anointing. So as you are a guest, you walk into the house and the host will always anoint your head with oil. And this anointment oil is a fragrance oil, an incense oil. He will always anoint your head with oil. And there's a few reasons for it because now these days, we travel in a nice car with air conditioning, with nice clothes. We enter your house and obviously we smell nice, look nice, hopefully, all right? So if you visit somebody, you don't smell nice, look nice, think again, think think again and, and reflect on life, all right? But you, more often than not, you enter a house, you smell nice, and you look nice. So we don't really practice this culture anymore. But back in those days, just in case you've forgotten, road was only invented during the Roman civilization, all right? That was when Rhodes was invented. So in biblical times, when you want to visit somebody's house, when you're coming to my house to visit me, you would have to walk through mud. You may have to walk through sand. The sun is beating down on your face. You've got no water to drink on the way because Tupperware was only invented 25 years ago, all right? Um, or whatever cup that you drink 
plastic thing that you drink from now, container, all right? So none of this was invented. Uh, uh, you need to be very, 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 very rich for you to have camels. And if you don't have camels, you're going to have travel barefoot. So when you come into the house, most likely, you are in, you're, not, you're disheveled. Most likely, the wind was blowing in your face. Most likely, you're sweating, you're hot. So when the host anoint you with oil, the host is telling, giving you two things. Number one, he's asking you to freshen up. He's allowing you to freshen up your hair. And this is where the analogy, I lost the analogy because I think only girls put oil on their hair to freshen up. I don't put oil on my hair except gel, all right? So um, gel doesn't refresh me. So I think, girls, you would understand that when you put oil on your head, whatever that oil may be, and please, I'm not a makeup pro. Don't know what oil that is. No, nor did I research what oil girls put on their hair now these days. You do put oil, right? Everybody's staring at me, right? No! Yes, yes. Shampoo, right? Okay, all right, shampoo. I guess, see, this is why I'm, the ignorance is showing. The ignorance is showing. But, huh? Oh, really? Okay, there we go. That's one lady. Thank you very much. She puts oil on her head. That's why she looks so good. Okay, um, um, you put oil on your hair to freshen yourself up. Okay, maybe you don't do that now, but you do that back in those days, okay? Um, to freshen so that you look good, your, your hair will look silky, but more importantly, so that you smell good. So that the, throughout your time where you're sitting with the, the host, you will smell good for yourself and you will smell good for your host. So the moment your host does not anoint your head with oil, he's sending a very clear signal and a very clear message to you. That is to say, you are not welcome in this house. What are you doing here? Next time, pick up the phone and call me first, all right? Again, my age is showing. I'm a millennial. This is call. If you're a Gen Z, this is call, all right? Just so you know. Okay, um, anyways, um, and then it says, how do I know that this anointment, it does not mean, you see, anointment is the same word in the Bible that could mean power. When God anoints you, He anoints you with power. When He anoints you, you could have a prophetic voice. When He anoints you, you could have a gift, a talent that, that only can come from God, whatever it may be. That's the anointing of God upon your life. But here in Psalms 23, it's a very different kind of anointing. You see, how do I know what kind of anointing this is? You see, when, when God anoints your head with oil and you're in the house of God, God is saying to you, please stay. This is an anointing to stay in the presence of God. You see, you can have skills, you can have presence, you can have power. All these are good, but when I pray, I always pray, God, I want to remain in your presence. God, I want to be in your presence. So the anointing here means God is inviting you to stay in His presence. Now, how do I know? How do I, how can I confirm that this is an anointment to stay? Because the next line says, and my cup overflows. You see, what that means is, see, if you visit me in my home, upon invitation, of course, when you visit me in my home, I would always offer you the first thing, probably, would you have a cup of water? You, would you like room temperature, cold temperature? Would you like a cup of tea? Would you like some coffee? Would you like a beverage, whatever I have in the fridge, you know, uh, or whatever I have at home? I would always offer you a beverage. You would sit at the dining or you sit in the living room with me. And then when you finish your drink, what will I do? I will top it up. Correct? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. One person says yes. The rest of you are like, no, we don't top it up. You may go. <laughs> you may leave the house. You're no longer invited. One drink is enough, all right? Uh, so we top it up, right? Well, at least at my home, all right? I know you do it. All right, we top it up. I'll say, would you like some more? What else would you like? Would you like some more? Would you like some more? See, if I top it up for you, what am I trying to tell you? That you're welcome to stay 
longer. You're welcome to stay even longer because I enjoy your conversation. I enjoy your fellowship. The moment I stop topping up your cup, it is a sign for you to go. Thank you very much. Your presence is no longer welcome. Here is the door, all right? Um, so when God says your cup overflow, He's not only telling you, stay in my presence. I'm not only just going to top your cup up. Your cup will never run dry in the presence of God. Your cup will never even need to top up because you will, the moment you drink, it's overflowing. The moment you take a sip, it's overflowing. You can gulp it down, it's overflowing. That's what God is trying to say. You anoint my head with oil. You are welcomed in my presence and your cup will overflow. You are welcome to stay. And a fresh anointing this morning is not an anointing of power, even though that's good. It's not an anointing of a skill or a prophetic voice, even though that's good. This is an anointing for you to stay and remain and abide in the presence of God. You know, you got to ask yourself. Amen. Thank you. You've got to ask yourself, what happens if God does not anoint you or you don't anoint God? You know, in the Old Testament, this is the psalm. But in the New Testament, there is also a parable or a story that God tells of a similar nature where the hosts did not welcome Jesus in. And this is the story. I find it in Luke chapter 7. I'll read it to you. It's a, I think you all know it. It's about Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. You see, there was a woman who was very sinful. She came into the presence of God. And Jesus was in the house of Simon the Pharisee. This was the house he was in. And, and the woman came before God and she broke her alabaster jar. You know, one day, though this is, this is honestly speaking one of my favorite chapters of the Bible because it is in this chapter that opened my eyes to full-time ministry. One day I'll talk about it. But today, um, this is an alabaster jar that she have and she broke it before the feet of Jesus. And just in case you don't know what an alabaster jar is, it is one year's worth of perfume stored in that alabaster jar. So it's a lot of money. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. One year worth of perfume is a lot of money, all right? At the present moment, if you spend my one month salary on perfume, it's already a lot of money, babe. Let's just say one year, okay? Um, but you can buy, you can buy, of course, of course. It's just not one year's worth of perfume. Then she broke it and she said, when a woman who lived in a sinful life was in town, Jesus was eating at a Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, the host invited him saw this, he said, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus heard, and this is what Jesus said. He turned to Simon and said, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. In order to be anointed by God, to get a fresh anointing, we need to do something first. 
there is always a first step that we must take. In this story, she took the first step of worship. There is a worship that she gave God. She broke her alabaster jar before the feet of God and she worshipped Him with perfume. She anointed the feet of Jesus because I believe she was not even worthy to anoint the head of Jesus. Why? Because she was not the host. So she anointed the feet of Jesus and washed His feet. And when she anointed Him, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. You are loved much because you are forgiven much. You see, in Psalms 23, when God says He anoints your head with oil, there is first a requirement that we need to do first in order to get fresh anointing from God. What do you think that requirement is? The journey of obedience and discipleship. You see, it's so, not, it's so easy for us to say, Father God, you lead me beside green pastures, lead me beside still waters, lead me in paths of righteousness, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would follow you all the days of my life. Easy for us to say it, but God is saying, are you willing to walk the walk of discipleship and obedience first? When you have walked the journey of obedience, the journey of discipleship can take you either through green pastures it can take you through still waters. Very good. That's a good life. It can also take you in paths of righteousness. Just in case you think paths of righteousness is amazing, it is amazing, but it means path of repentance because righteousness over you means that you have been unrighteous, means God is going to change your life and you're going to need to repent. It's a painful process when you walk through paths of righteousness. And not only that, when you Walk the walk of obedience. God says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God may lead you in tough times. God may lead you in difficult times. God may lead you in times maybe of suffering, maybe of discouragement. But you need to ask yourself, where are you walking to? Where are you going to? You're going into the presence of God. Because the moment the journey ends, God says, now I anoint your head with oil. You see, the lady poured out worship before God and she got anointed by forgiveness and love. The psalmist poured out his obedience to discipleship before God and he got anointed in his head and his cup overflowed. So I want to ask you, do you want fresh anointing? Because if you want fresh anointing, there is something that we need to give God. That is our worship and our obedience and our discipleship. That is what we give God. And then God says, I will pour my fresh anointing upon your life so that you would remain in my presence. You will abide in me. You see, this abiding is so important. I want to ask you a question. How do you know you have abide in God's presence? How do you know? that you have remained in God's presence. How do you know? What is the yardstick of measure? Practical Christianity. How do you know you have remained in God's presence? How do you know I've remained in your house as a guest? It's the same thing. When you come into an atmosphere of worship and you come into an atmosphere of prayer and praise, your connection with God is instantaneous. And that is how you know you have remained in the presence of God. You see, 
most of the time, what, we, what happens to us is that when we come to church, we jam for a little bit. We jam outside the, the, the boom gate. We jam up the lift. We come into the presence of God. Then the first song plays and we're starting to warm up because we're going to have to put out distractions. We're physically exhausted. You know, getting to church is like a chore and a task. Then we're exhausted. Then that's the first five minutes of your life. That's the first song gone, all right? And then you're half wondering, why are people jumping on stage? Do I have to jump as well with them, right? You're confused, right? And, and then you see Pastor Isaac here jumping furiously like a mad rabbit. You're like, do I have to follow him? So you're, you're five minutes gone. You're distracted. The next five minutes is you, okay, I, I have to put my work aside. I have to put my burdens aside. I've got to put my marriage aside. I've got to put my children aside. And that's the next five minutes. That's the second song gone. And then the third song, you, you say, oh, I've got, I've got this burden on my finance. I've got this burden on my health. You've got to put all that aside. That's the third song gone. And before you know it, worship is over. And then we go into a little bit of a prayer, a little bit of a prayer before the sermon. And you, now you're thinking, oh, okay, now it's time for me to warm up into the presence of God. And by the time you warm up, sermon is over. And then you got to go home and then you get out of the presence of God. And then you're like, okay, what happened to my life? Church, was church Sunday good? Okay. <laughs> okay. Right? How do you know when you remain in the presence of God? Because when you come into this presence, there is an instant connection between you and God. And only you would know it. Nobody can tell. You wouldn't know if I, if I have it or not. Only you would know when you have that connection. You see, when you come into a prayer of tongues, and I always look at people, when you come into a prayer of tongues, you would know when somebody is connected in the Spirit. You know when they've remained in the presence of God. You see, remaining in the presence of God does not mean 24-7. Don't need to clean your house. Don't need to work. Don't need to pay your bills. Don't need to wash your kids up and make sure they sleep and eat. Well, that's my life, all right? That's not what I mean. That's not remaining in the presence of God because we've got to have practical Christianity. Remaining in His presence is that every five minutes when you have some time, you pray. Every time I'm in the toilet, I pray. Every time I'm on the road, when I have that five minutes, when my kids are not screaming my name, I pray. And I try my best. Those who have more than me, more kids than me, the Lord bless you. <laughs> you understand what I'm going through. And when I come into worship, there's an instant connection with me and God. Because I never left the presence. And that's what I want. To remain. And the anointing that would rest on me is to remain in His presence. That I don't want to leave. And that's why sometimes we as Christians, we're, we're dry. We're tired of church. Sometimes when we look at church service, we go, another church service, really? Sometimes we see Christian events, like a big rally, we go, oh, as I be killed, another big event, another big rally. That's why, you know, you're not connected with your spirit because an event is an event, but that's not why we go and why we serve. We serve so that 32,000 people can encounter Jesus. If that is not a cause in itself, what is a cause? What cause do you need then to, to encounter Jesus? That's a cause big enough for my heart. I would go if one person would encounter Jesus, let alone 32,000. Because that's my heart. I want to encounter Jesus and I, I, I want us to encounter Jesus together. So that's a fresh anointing that would rest upon your life. And it is my prayer. We only have one more week of fast and pray. One more week left. On the 15th of September, Friday night, we have a closing ceremony this coming Friday night in Sang 2. 
I invite you to come. Come and close the 40 days with us. We only have one more week left. So the question is, the fresh anointing depends on you, not on God. God will already promise to anoint you if you walk that walk of obedience. If you break your worship before Him, He has promised He will anoint you. You see this, this woman that broke her alabaster jar before God? God says, she loves much because she's forgiven much. How do you know that God's anointing is on your life? How do you know? God, I ask myself, God, how do I know? You love much. That's how you know. You love much. She loved much. You see, the Pharisees love little because they didn't care about anointing Jesus, inviting Him into His life, His home. They didn't care. So He loved little. How do you know? When you've got a heart for Jesus. When God touches your heart and you love much. You know, uh, in Kuching, I, was, I always love to talk to volunteers. And this one story, I've got few stories, but this one story really touched my life. And I say, wow, he loves much because he's been anointed much because I know he's been spending time with you, Jesus. There's this volunteer to come and he, I think he, at most he's 35. At most, he's 35. I says, why do you serve? He says, oh, pastor, next week I'm flying to KL. I says, oh, why are you flying here? Oh, I'm, going, I'm coming here to do a scan to make sure everything is okay with me. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, pastor, I have cancer. I said, you, you're 35, at least, and most, and most, you're 35. I've, I've, got can- I've been fighting cancer for one year. I don't know what cancer, look, we had five minutes at most. I don't know what cancer, don't know how old he is, but he looks 35. He says, I've been fighting cancer for one year. And I've gone through the full works of chemotherapy. And he says, Pastor, it's painful. Just in case you've never been through chemo. I said, I've, I've never been through chemo. It's painful, Pastor. It, it wrecks your whole body. I'm tired all the time. I have to be in a hospital. I have to be on drip. I'm in pain all the time. And I said, now that's something I understand. Being in pain half the time. And he said, I've been through a surgery. I don't know what surgery it is. We had no time. But he showed me his... his sur- and he says... I'm in the hospital more days this year than I've been at home. Then he says, I've lost my hair. I've lost my strength. I've lost my body mass. I've lost my savings. I've, my insurance is, is gone. I'm so young because cancer is not cheap. And I believe the last two months, God has healed me and he's cancer-free. So he's flying to KL to check whether he's completely cancer-free because he wanted a second opinion. So I asked him, I said, friend, you should be at home, resting. Why are you not at home? What are you doing here? He said, oh, when I heard there was a rally, I, have, I must go. I must go and serve. Because God said to me, you understand cancer and pain in your body. Now you go and pray for other people who are sick. He knew that there will be sick people at the rally. Out of 32,000, there will be sick people at the rally. He knew. And he says, I came here not for myself, even though I'm weak, poor, and not strong. I came here 
to serve the people, to pray for the people so that somebody can get healed and so somebody can get touched by Jesus and they would know the whom they live their life for. And I looked at him, I said, wow, wow. I thought I sacrificed much, you know? Time, money, my kids, food. And I looked at him, I go, I sacrificed nothing compared to you. I sacrificed nothing. And he said, if I die next year, or if I die this year, at least I know I served in the rally so that somebody can get their healing. Now, how did you know? Wow. Look at the people who love God. How do you know you've got an anointing from God to remain in His presence when you have loved much? When you love people more than you love yourself. When you can feel the pain of others. When you yourself are going through pain when you can feel the heartbeat of God for the people of God, that's when you know you've remained in the presence of God. So I end with this question. Do you want a fresh anointing from God? Do you want to remain? Do you want your cup to overflow? Because I said, God, I want my cup to overflow. Do not leave me out, God. So right now, I just want to I want to pray. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. I want to pray for us. And then I want us all to just worship. And I want to pray the next five minutes of worship is just going to touch your heart so that the last week of fast and pray, you're just, you're going to go to a new level of your relationship with God because you need it. We all need it. Not just me. I, we all need it. So I invite you to stand. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. And if you want the fresh anointing, I just invite you to receive Receive from God. Receive from God. And then I want to worship. And I invite us all to worship together. Hallelujah. Father God, I just want to thank you. Father God, you're awesome in this place. Father God, we worship you in this place. Father God, we crown you king. You are Abba Father. You are my Father. We crown you king, oh God. Lord God, I pray, Father God, that all of us here, we will carry a posture of worship before you. We will carry a posture of obedience before you. That we will not think of my discomfort. We will lay aside my inconvenience. We will lay aside my discouragement. We will put outside my selfishness, Father God, and we will pour out our worship before You. We will pour out our obedience before You, Father God, because, Father God, we are hungry for a fresh anointing from You. We want a fresh anointing from You, Father God. We don't want to leave this place until we feel and we get that anointing from You, Father Lord Jesus. We thank You, Father God. I just want to invite everybody, can you put your right hand upon your head? Let's see if God is anointing you today. Father God, anoint us this morning. Father God, 
I pour out my worship, I pour out my obedience, I pour out my discipleship before you, Father God. I would follow you to the ends of this earth, the cross before me, the world behind me. I've decided to follow you, Jesus. You can lead me in green pastures, lead me in paths of righteousness, or lead me in the valley of the shadow of death. I will still follow you, Father God, because I am anointed by you. So anoint me this morning, God. Give me fresh anointing from you. Change my heart so that I'm love. I love more. I love more because I'm forgiven much. I will love more because I'm forgiven much. Anoint me this morning, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on me now. I need your anointing. Come in your power. I love you, Holy Spirit. You're captivating my soul. And every day I grow to love you more. Come, Holy Spirit, fall on me now. I need your Come in your power. I love you, Holy Spirit. You're captivating my soul. And every day I grow to love you more. I'm reaching for your heart. You hold my life in your hands, drawing me closer to you.
to face. I worship you in spirit and in truth. I worship you in spirit and in truth. I worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I just want to thank you, Father God, for today. just want to thank you for the week ahead. I just want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you, Father God, that you're such a merciful God, that even though we run a thousand miles away from you, even though our heart may grow cold, but you, Father God, will always chase after us. You, Father God, have already died for us. You, Father God, will never give up on us. So I pray, Father God, that all SIBKL people, we would carry with us the anointing of your presence to remain in your presence to never leave so that father god goodness and mercy and love would follow us all the day of our lives so i thank you father god we love you god we honor you god we give you glory god in jesus name we pray amen amen God bless you, church. Have a great Sunday and the rest of the week.